Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, Kristen and Peter talk with Brittany Gad as they continue our series on mental health, What's on Your Mind? Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in as we continue this series on mental health. I am Peter Gadd, and we're joined today, but as always, or frequently, with Kristen Birchenall. Um, and we get to interview a person pretty important to me, top, I mean, one, has to be number one, right? Come on, this is my wife, top Brittany Gadd. Top five. Top five favorite people. <laughs> Brittany Gadd, my wife, of 15 years. And uh, we're continuing the topic. Uh, today, we get to talk emotions with my wife, Brittany. Brittany, welcome to the conversation. How are you doing today? Hi, hey. thanks for having me. How's it going upstairs? Wait. We're in the same house. I know. Hi. We're <laughs> room for our internet to hold up today. Got to be honest. <laughs> I'm really excited to have some Brittany commentary on emotions when it has to do with her spouse and, you know, mm. the things that we talk about. <laughs> yeah. Just make sure that we keep it really broad and really hypothetical today. Okay? That's all I have. Really Kristen's just here for the fireworks. She's like yes. just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, I think, okay, so emotions is a really broad topic. And even, I mean, there's probably people who don't know you uh, on the call or on the listening today whether podcast or watching the video and, and i'm curious maybe you can just start with a little bit of background on what you're up to in the world and um share about your program a little bit and then also like just why are you even interested why would we interview on the topic of emotions obviously the disclaimer is you don't claim to be the expert on emotions and so obviously um we're not expecting that of you but why is the topic in general of interest to you for conversation yeah um well, to answer the first part of that question, my, um, I am currently a student in the counseling psychology program at Bastyr, working towards a master's in that, um, and currently working as a counselor at a private practice in Redmond. And um, so that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm currently at and what I'm doing. Also raising our four children that we have together. Um, I feel like we do a good job sharing that responsibility. So shout out to you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, that's kind of how I spend my time right now and kind of what I'm immersed in and have been for the last few years. Um, And in terms of emotions, I think I've always been drawn to emotions and been curious about them. And wanted to know, which I feel like most people do, wanted to know, what do you do with emotions? Like, what, what do you do with all of these feelings that happen and come up and can be overwhelming and sometimes 
scary and what are they for? Why do we experience them? And are they good for us? Are they bad for us? Like, I think there's a lot of pulling away from emotion because we don't know what to do with it. And that's always been a question for me and something that I have wondered. And I think, I think it really goes back to my experience growing up in Christianity and feeling kind of the, these two different things about emotions. One was, um, one was this aversion to being human, like this shame about being a human being and experiencing things. And, um, if you feel jealous, if you feel envy, if you feel like there's a whole list of emotions that are not okay in Christianity, (laughs) at at least as a child, that's, that was how I think I, um, understood that or, um, interpreted that. And so it's like, but I do feel these things. And the, I, and the response in Christianity was, well, God will forgive you for that. Like you're constantly being forgiven for feeling for right. like having a human experience. You're or being, or being anger. If you're angry, past feeling midnight. angry. <laughs> yeah. You didn't eat what you missed skipped lunch. And so now you're just like off the rails and um, a lot more irritable than you normally would be. And like the, there's like a list of emotions that are almost literally called sin and their emotions that we all feel. And so there was like, I wrestled with that a lot and kind of carrying around that guilt of being a human being and feeling those things. So that was like one aspect of emotions that when you ask where does your interest come from? Like that's one. Um, and then I had this, also this amazing transformative experience within Christianity and spirituality of um, the answer for those like difficult emotions was take it to Jesus was kind of the response. And the way that I learned how to take it to Jesus, which is like kind of this nebulous phrase, right? Um, but it's gotta be a metaphor at some level, right? It, yeah, yeah, right. Like, but you know, the verses like bring it to Jesus, lay your burdens down, cast all your cares upon him. Um, that type, that type, um, language and that type thing, um, really lent itself to this practice that I, I participated in as a kid that has really helped me and shaped me, um, my entire life, which is kind of this going now I would describe it as like going inward and sitting with the difficult emotion and finding forgiveness for my, not forgiveness, but that's more of the church language for it, but like finding grace and finding acceptance and finding compassion and finding these things, um, which I recognize now come from within myself, um, to really transform that emotion, to feel free from that emotion. Um, and so, yeah, that's, this, this is all, I mean, this is all like, what has happened inside of me and um, I think following a path of psychology is, has been an attempt to put words to it and to understand, have more understanding of that process and what it looks like, especially outside of Christianity. 
mm-hmm. like without needing the dogma, without needing the belief sure. system. Attached but it's helpful, it. like foundational kind of language, right? It, it certainly mm-hmm. was our starting place, or at least provided mm-hmm. some framework for how to understand emotion. Um, do you want to start, Kristen, with questions, or do you want me to kind of well, parse the matter? I feel like I'm like, oh, we could just stop here. That is like <laughs> information yeah, for me to think about. Like, no, I right love in. it. I also feel like just time out real quick and want to make sure everybody heard that during the last three years, Brittany Gad was getting her <laughs> master's during a pandemic with four children at home for a large portion of that. And yeah, I just feel like we need a moment to acknowledge <laughs> what oh, a big Kristen, deal that is. Thanks for seeing me. Um, yes, the pandemic part wasn't planned. Um, <laughs> and we did decide to just randomly have our fourth child six months into the program. Yeah. Um, I don't recommend it for people, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's been a great, yeah, it's been a great journey for me. And I also feel like probably your interest in emotions also has to come from having four kids and oh my gosh, seeing 100%. <laughs> because yeah. yeah, you're just trying to figure out what are all of these things. They're very much naturally on display mm-hmm. and you're also processing what kind of spiritual framework are we going to be like investing in. And if I'm not going to tell my kids that these are bad or these are sin or like, what mm-hmm. are we going to tell them about these? And if we're not going to tell them this kind of nebulous language of take them to Jesus or take them to the grass, what do you tell them? How do you process that? It's something all parents have mm-hmm. to figure out. So um, yeah. yeah, I'm just really excited for the conversation, even though I feel like I could stop right now and think for 45 minutes about what you just said. Sorry. I think um, I wanted to just have you kind of, talk about, um, you just alluded to it and you said it, but there are this, this list of emotions that we consider Mm -hmm. to be bad, anger, Mm -hmm. frustration, jealousy, those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't, if you don't think they're bad, what, how can we reframe these natural things that we, um, feel as humans? Mm -hmm. Do you have Mm -hmm. suggestions for how to reframe those? How can they be helpful? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, There's emotions. I'm not a fan of calling emotions good or bad or um, negative or positive or that type thing. um, Because I find all emotions to be informative at the very least. There are some that are more comfortable to feel than others. Mm -hmm. So there's some that feel more uncomfortable in our bodies to experience. Um, but we can still learn something from them. There can still be something to take away from really feeling the emotion. Um, and so I think your question of which, you know, these lists that exist there, the reality is that there's some that are generally experienced, you know, uncomfortable and comfortable, for, you know, the broad population, but the reality is it's not specific for everybody. Mm-hmm. So something you might anticipate, or you might consider the feeling of joy to be like a really positive, comfortable experience for you. And you look forward to feeling that. 
And for someone else, feeling joy might mean that something bad is about to happen. Like there might be something else attached to that feeling. So it's not just an automatic given that we all experience this emotion as comfortable, uncomfortable, good, bad, positive, or negative. Um, so it really depends on the person. Um, and that, that kind of goes into, or goes back to like what emotions are. Yeah. Emotions. Can you, yeah. Well, and there's, to be clear, there's like endless debate about emotions (laughs) there. Every, there's a saying that's like for every, um, for every emotional theorist out there, there's a whole new emotional theory. Like, it's just like, we could talk about them all day long kind of a thing and so many different perspectives on them. Um, but the way that I tend to think of emotions is that they are, they can be like a biological, physiological, psychological response to environment or context. So if you think about us as human beings are kind of always scanning our environment, if you're thinking of it from like an evolutionary standpoint, we're scanning our environment for clues about how should we should be reacting to something. Do we need to run? Do we need to fight? Or do we need to relax? Can we relax right now? Like it's that whole fight or flight response system. Um, and so we're scanning and we're looking for clues in our environment and in the context of what's happening. So those two things, can really inform how someone experiences an emotion and whether it kind of has, it activates them or whether it's a calming experience or that type of thing. It really depends on the person. So you talked about, like I, I'm on board with the eliminating the good and bad language. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you're talking about how it makes you feel it's informative. Can you talk about what emotions inform us about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really informing us about our environment and whether we're feeling safe in our environment or whether there is something potentially wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and this can be the tricky thing about emotions is they're not always right. Hmm. So they might not always be correct. We can have, we can have a faulty, uh, we can, we can have like a way, like we might scan our environment and there's something that triggers us that says we're not safe, but in reality we actually are safe in that environment, but our emotions are telling us otherwise. Um, and so that can be, that's kind of part of the work of rewiring our emotions, um, rewiring our brain and rewiring like our response, our nervous system response to environment and context. Um, and so kind of to your question of like, um, what, um, sorry, I just got a phone call. So (laughs) I'm like completely thrown off. Um, the information they provide us. Yes. So in response to like, what information can we get from emotions? Um, we can really learn a lot about ourselves 
by sitting with an emotion. Um, so if we're, we're triggered to feel um, a certain way. So an example, like you brought up that emotions probably became really relevant for me with four kids at mm-hmm. home. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I would say, absolutely. Um, kids have a way of making us do our work, whatever work that is um, to, to find healing and um, find better ways of being in the world or more, more healthy ways of being in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, my kids could do something and it triggers me. It might not trigger somebody else who's in the room, but it triggers me to just feel all sorts of whatever. I'm flooded with an emotion, flooded with um, anger a lot of times because it's the fifth time that I've asked or something like that. And nobody else in my life ignores me. Yeah. <laughs> Only five? You know, we yeah, really way higher there. than that. That was a really good day. <laughs> Yeah. And nobody else in my life makes me ask them five times to do something. Right. And so that can trigger an anger response in me. And all of a sudden I'm like seeing red and I'm flooded with anger. And if I can, if I can take a moment and this is something that I have, I have actually had to do, right. If I can find a space and find a time to really sit with that emotion of anger, like, gosh, I felt so angry when I had to ask them the fifth time, why am I feeling so angry and being able to observe really is eventually the goal is to be able to observe the emotions that you're having. Um, then I can say, Oh, it's because I don't like the feeling of someone not listening to me. Like it doesn't feel good to not have somebody listen to me and that's understandable. Like it's an, I can, I can find a space within myself that is able to find compassion for what was happening at the time and my response rather than, um, a response of shame or guilt about feeling anger hmm. that my kid isn't listening to me, which that's just going to shove down the feeling And it doesn't actually resolve it. It's not going to bring resolution to it. So they can really, yeah, they tell us about ourselves. I'm interested in the word when you said flood, like you're flooded by Mm -hmm. emotion. I feel like I'm trying to think of, (laughs) are there any emotions that don't flood us? I feel like most of the time when you recognize your emotions, it's because you're flooded with sadness or Mm -hmm. anger or, oh, I'm thinking of all the um, Inside Out characters. Inside Out characters, <laughs> yeah, sure. yes. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. So describe that, like, the whole idea of this flood and mm-hmm. um, what that is. And is it is that just what happens? What do we do to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, flooding is essentially when we feel caught off guard by an emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Emotions like give us clues and we can feel them in our body first before we're ever, and not, not always, but ideally what, what we can learn to do and the skills that we can build is to feel an emotion in our body. And we get, 
we get used to um, what a certain emotion feels like in our body. I had someone tell me the other day that whenever they feel, when they start to feel anger, they've gotten to the point where they can feel it and they feel it. There's a specific spot in their chest where if they're being, if they're tuned into their body and they are, they're paying attention, they're able to observe, to, re, to be in this observe, observation space, then they notice the tinge of anger before it becomes an eruption. Hmm. And so if, if we're flooded, then we're, we're already in this state where we're highly emotionally activated. There's not a lot you can do in that space except for to regulate. It's what it is called, but essentially like you're saying, get out of it is to like get out of the emotional state. Um, and there's lots of, there's lots of things, lots of techniques for getting out of an emotionally flooded state. A lot of it has to do with, um, becoming really grounded. So finding a way to be grounded in the present moment and grounded to your surroundings. Um, and so that might look like, like with a little kid, sometimes I'll play I spy and we'll look around the room and we'll observe, you know, I see something green in the room. Um, I see something blue, you know, um, with an adult that might look like just recognizing I'm in my bedroom right now. I'm at my house. It's this date. It's, it's about this time. I can see my legs. I can feel my legs mm -hmm. and kind of observing things that are in the room. Um, another I've technique. I've yeah. done body scan. Someone told me once about body scans um, mm -hmm. for anxiety. And I feel like that has been helpful for me too, to be like, I feel my toes and I yeah. can feel my ankles and doing mm -hmm. it like all the way up. What is that doing? It's just separating your mind yeah, from the, it's bringing, what it was focused on before. Yeah, it's activating your prefrontal cortex, which is kind of that executive functioning system in your brain. So when you're in that emotional arouse arouse state, you're you're in a different part of your brain, which mm -hmm. isn't accessible. <laughs> so it's like literally cuts off. <laughs> That's why kids are That's so unreasonable or, yes, or adults. I know. Yes. Like to say, I was thinking of kids, but I'm like, I do yeah, that. I I'm do like, that too. My children do this. <laughs> yeah, me too, right? It's because, easier to think about them though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you can't you can't logic someone out of an emotional state. It really is a somatic, which it just means it's a body, like it's a body experience. And what those things are doing having awareness about your body, going for a walk, um, putting ice cubes in your hands or something cold in your hands Sarah to bring you back that. into awareness. Yeah. Um, kind of helps bring that, bring your nervous system down and bring kind of that executive part yeah. of your brain back online. Hey everyone, it's Kristen. Just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning in. I hope that you're finding these messages helpful for you in your everyday life. Um, that's what we're trying to do here is 
gather around the idea that life is a gift and love is the point and let's give ourselves ways to move forward in that in our own everyday world. Um, so I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being a part of this community. To those of you who have participated and given financially, we wanna say thank you to you. Everything that we do here happens because people make contributions. People say, I value this place. I want it to exist for me and for other people. And so I'm going to support it. And so we just want to say how grateful we are um, that you do that. And for those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to contribute yet, um, we would ask you to consider maybe doing so. If you find this place beneficial, if you find these messages helpful for you, then um, consider joining us in that way. You can go to eastlakecc.com to make a contribution. Um, and we we just always are thankful for the people who want this place to exist. So thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the message. I don't want to like repress my right. anger or cut mm -hmm. it off before it like full, like, isn't there some sort of cycle that has to complete? And how do you do that without, like, I know I want, I don't want to explode and I don't mm -hmm. want to like go crazy within my anger when I'm seeing red. But I also mm -hmm. just want to, I don't want to like whoosh, cut it off and then mm -hmm. have it come back roaring again. I don't know. Yeah. Do you understand my question? Is that yep. even a question? Yep. Is it there a cycle is. that has to happen? Um, and what is it? And mm -hmm. what's the combination of like calming yourself down and also letting it have its completion? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. Um, and absolutely there is like a second part to it. Um which is kind of being able to sit with that emotion and understand it a little bit better. I, I like to think of, I tell my clients that emotions are messengers. Mm. Um, and there's this beautiful roomy poem that talks about them being friends and how you wake up each morning and there's a new one at your door and it might be anger or jealousy or malice and you invite it in with laughter and you sit down and, and share tea with it and really get to know it. And, um, it's kind of a picture to like this second part of, um, the second part of like, you're saying, like finishing the cycle, which is getting to a place where you can understand the emotion that you're experiencing and then extend that compassion, um, extend that compassion to yourself. So uh, a way that I've heard it explained um, is that there's kind of these five core emotions and that can be debated amongst emotional experts. But for are they the, the inside in out? Are they the inside out characters? <laughs> they are. So yeah. They might have included is... a couple experts in their research for the show. Right? Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Disney's got some funding. <laughs> yeah. The inside out. So whenever you're thinking about this process, like think about the five inside out characters, which are do you guys remember what they are? Yes. Joy. My favorite Joy. <laughs> Anger. Sadness. <laughs> uh-huh. Disgust. Again, oh, the, the, mm -hmm. that green was it green disgust or envy? Green was disgust. Disgust. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't remember the last one. Fear. 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 Ah, yes, of course. Fear is the last one. So those are kind of considered core emotions, um, and ideally, to complete the cycle that you're talking about, Kristen, we want to fully feel the core emotion that is 
happening in the middle of whatever is happening and meet that core emotion with in some in some cases it's been called your true self so the way that i think about it is the way that jesus is always presented kind of this like grace filled being which is really a version of yourself it's like this true part of you that exists in all of us that has the capacity for compassion and curiosity and creativity and um there's eight c's in in some models of thinking about this but essentially that meeting meeting that emotion with kind of that care and um and that kind of completes that cycle for you and that and that's not to say that you ne- and then you never feel anger again <laughs> and then it's like you're free from it forever it it's a it's something that you do over and over and, and over yeah. my question's kind of connected to that cuz i'm I'm hearing you share on this and um, so you're talking about like, you know, putting ice cubes in your hands when you're mad at your son, hypothetically, hypothetically, uh, or you're <laughs> right. Or an email comes in, right? Like, you know, you get an email mm-hmm. and I had this experience where I got an email on a Friday at five, which is for me. Was it a Friday? Nope. It was an email no, for, no, me. Not for you. No, no, no it was for me, Kristen. Yeah, I'm email at five. Man, he's just kind of like right here. I'm like, I'm literally in the same No, it was a work email and it was super triggering. Like I'm flooded with emotion, right? So, because mm-hmm. it was annoying. I'm like, stop ruining my weekend. Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> send it to me Monday. Um, the, the question I think I have is like, what is the goal? Like, is the goal that we um, are like more quickly able to identify what we're feeling so that we can make choices that align with our values, despite what we're feeling. Is that kind of the goal? Um, or is there like some other goal? That's like my, my synopsis. Would you say it differently? How would you like describe the goal of like, what's an emotionally healthy person? Cause it's not a person that doesn't feel it's not a person mm-hmm. that um, never like communicate, like never experiences emotion emotions are a default requirement for a human. So I'm kind of curious, mm-hmm. like your definition of an emotionally healthy person. Don't so reply. I can take, take don't reply. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Right. Do you don't not reply. Me. Right. <laughs> Stand, right? Yeah, that's not it. yeah. I think it's a great question. And there really is there. It's multifaceted in terms of a healthy person, because I think to your point, if we're just, if we're just interrupting the emotion and pulling ourselves out of the emotion um, to be able to function for the day, like that is an important skill. Like that's not to be downplayed because there, there, the reality is there are appropriate times to show emotion and to live into and feel the emotion. And then there's others that probably aren't. Um, in the middle of a work meeting, it's probably not helpful to burst into tears. Um, if so, having that ability to kind of remove yourself from that flooding when you need to um, is can be very very helpful. But also, to your point, if we aren't then going back and spending some time feeling our feelings, like creating space for it in a time that is an appropriate time and is an appropriate expression of feeling 
to understand what those feelings are, then to your point, we're, we're cut off um, from how we're feeling. And Brene Brown talks about how um, in her newest book, Atlas of the Heart, which I highly recommend. Um, and if you have any interest in emotions, it's like the handbook of emotions. Um, right. For those that don't know what that book is, it's like, what is it? It's like all of the basically definitions and words connected to the emotions, right? To 40 plus emotions. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she identified through the research work that she did, she identified, I think it, I want to say it's like 48, maybe it's 58 different emotions. Um, and then she put words and descriptions to each of those emotions and gave examples of what it feels like to feel those different emotions. She also differentiates between emotions. Um, because for example, um, fear and excitement, like anxiety and excitement can feel the same same. in our body. (laughs) We can have similar physiological reactions. And so it it might feel like the fast beating heart and um, there's different cues. And so it can be hard to differentiate between the two. Anyways, all that to say, she, it's a beautiful, beautiful work. If you're wanting to learn more about emotions and expand your emotional vocabulary, um, it's a great resource. Um, And yeah, being able to have words for what you're experiencing is part of what you're talking about, Peter, of that being able to go back into a feeling, going into a feeling and being able to understand what am I feeling, right? Because if, if your emotional vocabulary is I'm happy, sad, or angry, that is going to be, that's going to be difficult. It's going to stunt your ability to feel like the broad range of emotions and of what is actually going on and having that specificity to know how to respond. I feel like that helps. Like, how then would you talk about kids? Like, I feel like kids, you kind of have to start out basic with like happy, sad, frustrated. Those are like, my kids are trying to put that into words. It makes me feel sad when my sister does this or you made me feel angry. I think like those are the two things like angry and sad are the things that we talk about yeah. a lot. Yeah. How have you started to develop a bigger vocabulary with kids and talking kids th- with kids through emotions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like those are great developmental. Like you, those are the ones that you start with the way that I've kind of worked with my kids is um, reading books about emotion they're um, our kids. Um, but the ones that are mine specifically, um, the, the ones that yeah, aren't are so much trouble. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> ones that are, belong to me. Um, yeah. Reading books about emotions I found to be really helpful in supplying words, um, for the wide range. Um, another thing that we do too, is we talk about either as we're reading books that maybe don't have anything to do with emotions or as we're watching, um, a show together, I'll ask them, how do you think they're feeling and point to the, the character's face in the book and say, how do you think that they're feeling right now? And they, at first they might, they start with, oh, angry. And I'll say, yeah, angry, maybe a little mad. Do you think he could feel frustrated? Mm-hmm. And 
kind of start like peppering in more words to choose from Mm -hmm. and you kind of start to see that vocabulary expand a little bit Um, and when they're feeling an emotion obviously too kind of offering them choices to choose from yeah and helping yeah I feel like there's a lot more resources now for parents on Mm -hmm. identifying this we have this set of books um and it's you know the one that we read a lot is alligator is angry and it talks about like and then it felt like this explosion and my it's mm-hmm. cheeks got hot and it talks about the physical feelings. And I feel like that has been really helpful for my kids in it's more than just like anger. It's yeah, this happened and then I feel it come up in my body and I think I might explode. And then there's mm-hmm. this like, then he, you know, he pinches someone or something. And then there, it, it just is, mm-hmm. um, I feel like there are resources out there that are really helpful for expanding the understanding of emotions in kids, yeah. which I'm thankful. Yeah. Great stuff. I think the headline on all that though would be even what you're kind of speaking to Kristen is like trying, I think part of the role of a parent is to think of, we have to have some emotional vocabulary mm-hmm. and we have to, like if we, if I'm only angry or happy or, or stressed <laughs> or whatever my three emotions are, I'm only going to be able to kind of teach my kids to that level of fluency. Right. So I think that first goal is to like, grow our own vocabulary Mm -hmm. but then also I think like one of my questions for you Brad is connected to what Kristen's speaking to about like we need to be emotionally safe people for our kids to process emotions with Mm -hmm. right so we need to like be careful if we're like correcting our kids for having big emotions which I consistently do right like Mm -hmm. stop being angry (laughs) right (laughs) don't cry calm down calm down like stop making a big deal right I'm like trying to shut shut down because I get ultimately I get stressed when you have big emotions right Mm -hmm. um so I think part of it is like helping our kids we have to be fluent we have to help our kids develop fluency but we also have to be safe to like and actually encourage them to like how are you feeling it sounds and then Mm -hmm. give them language I would assume I'm curious Britt like how do you (laughs) how do you like how would you coach or encourage parents to facilitate that Mm -hmm. asking for a friend you know yeah yeah (laughs) um I, I can speak a little bit from my own experience. And then I would also say counseling help. Um, because a lot of times when someone else is having an emotional response, it's triggering an emotional response in us and understanding what's happening with you is really important to being able to unhook from that trigger. Um, and that, that requires some of the work that we're talking about of sitting with an emotion and, and, and that's not always intuitive. If that's like a new skill, um, it can be really helpful to have a professional help guiding that process for you. The good news is it is a skill. Like it is something that you then can learn and do yourself and do on your own. Um, so, so I would say taking the time to unhook and, and really figure out what is, what is drawing out the big emotional response in you when your kid is having an emotional response. Um, for me, I think that has looked a lot like not taking their emotional response personally. Um, I think whether historically or just from the way growing, 
you know, me growing up or that, I'm not sure, but the, there can be expectations that kids respond a certain way and are in complete control of their emotions at all times. And that's just not reality. I'm not, somehow no, like that adult. came. <laughs> yeah, like they're, you know, just like be a grown up. Even Which when grown there's grown ups, they can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that looks like a lot of personal work around unhooking from the things that are triggering me when they're having a big emotion. And I still get triggered. I'm, I still am fully susceptible to a new behavior that like, I'm like, wait, (laughs) I, I can't, I need to figure out what is happening with me right now because this doesn't seem like an appropriate response. I'm, I'm not able to hold that safe space for you. And I, I need to, as your parent, I need to figure that out. You talked about unhooking and you talked about grounded, like for, for, um, for somebody with my type of brain that feels kind of metaphorical, right? It feels a little bit like, what does that actually look like or mean? And if I'm, if I'm um, hearing what you're saying, I would assume that means to be able to notice your emotions as opposed to just as a, as a part of who you are, as opposed to who I am. Right. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing anger versus I'm just operating in anger mode, right? I'm now, mm-hmm. I'm now angry Pete for the next hour as, as because I haven't mm-hmm. noticed this. I didn't recognize that this email, I didn't take any time to like notice this email, communicate. I got an email, it's bugging me. I'm just in full, I got a me email that pissed me off mode and I'm parenting that way. I'm doing dinner that way. That would be, <laughs> yeah. you're saying hooked, right? Yep. Unhooking would be able to, I get the email, I notice, I take a second, I pause, I decide how I want to operate in like for the next hour despite getting the email is that unhooking yeah um yeah unhooking would be like being able to being able to objectively view your feelings and understand what's going on um and I I really want to be careful in the way that I'm portraying that too because it's super easy for us to just talk about it linearly mm-hmm. in a linear fashion. Mm-hmm. And I want to acknowledge that that can be, that can take minutes for some people and some emotions. And then there's other emotions that are hours, days, weeks, months, and years, like where they're, so it, the way we're talking about it is kind of simplistically and I just want to acknowledge like the complexity um, and the fact that emotions can be painful. It can be a really painful experience and it can be really painful work to do and it can be a slow process. So um, there's some of those like deeper hooks that um, that aren't just and then you unhook and then you go to dinner and then you're nice to your kids. Right. And then there's totally. some that are right. And yeah. so just wanting to acknowledge kind of the spectrum of that and that all b- yeah. both can be true. You, re- um, you reminded me yeah. of afterlife, right? If you think about the difference between me getting an email and being grumpy for two hours on a Friday night 
versus the show Afterlife, which is about a man processing his grief from losing his wife and how that takes years. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's the show is all about how maybe you'll never be able to fully unhook. You'll just mm-hmm. be able to operate better despite your grief and your loss, right? So like there's obviously mm-hmm. scale and, and dimensions too to the emotions. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think, Kristen, do you have any other questions or we can kind of wrap, we're getting close. This is awesome. Brittany, you're doing great. I love this conversation. It's really helpful. Um, I think it's I mean, it helped for me. Do you have any other kind of questions or maybe we can wrap with kind of a final type of question? Well, I think um, maybe you can wrap with this, you know, whole series is about mental health. Why, why the topic of emotions and what about it contributes to our overall health and I think you've you've kind of said this but if you could just like specifically address why is this a topic of health um yeah yeah so the question being um why emotions are important to mental health Mm -hmm. and I would say that emotions are at the core of mental health not just mental health but also your physical health um because when when left um, when left kind of unresolved, um, they can lead to bigger. It, it it can create when you when you have an unresolved emotion, it can be a stress on your body. So that that emotion is still like right there, and it's still maybe more easily activated or right there on the surface, it can, it can really impact the, your overall long-term health. And in a lot of cases too, like, I mean, for the example of parenting, right? Like I'm parenting my kids all day, every day. And if I'm constantly being in this triggered state Mm -hmm. of anger or anxiety or that type thing, um, and I don't have tools on how to either manage that because sometimes we can't, we can't control like the fact that our kid likes to jump off of really high things or something. <laughs> and we aren't, we're not going to always be able to, to stand right there and catch that. You know, there, there are things that um, we will just manage, you know, and then there's other things that can be a little bit more, resolved um when you kind of do the deeper work with emotions i feel like um i just keep this whole conversation i just keep thinking i have one child in particular who i would have described you know as just being more emotional than mm-hmm. um any of us normally mm-hmm. and how challenging that's been but i feel like the most important thing that i'm learning is that that child is my biggest teacher. Mm-hmm. They reflect back to me instantly the emotions that I feel. Mm-hmm. And I'm also just, as I've taken, you know, taken parenting courses and I've read books on mm-hmm. how to, um, because it's hard. So sometimes it feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The thing that I feel like I've, I've just watched as they experience such a large realm of emotions so mm-hmm. naturally. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I feel like I'm learning to just appreciate it because I'm not 
I think I've spent so much time mm. just with the culture that, you know, I was raised in. I've, I spent so much time not being told, like we started this conversation to not feel this way or when you do that's bad and mm-hmm. watching just the natural, like the natural course that it takes and how that can be viewed as really healthy mm-hmm. and seeing a child show me what anger looks like, feels like, mm-hmm. and then how mm-hmm. it also resolves because it does yeah. in like mm-hmm. 15 minutes or 45 <laughs> or however long it takes. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden they're like, okay, I'm ready to go downstairs. And they start doing something else. And I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. How did that happen? That the whole thing, you just experienced that whole thing. I watched, I literally mm-hmm. sat and watched you experience this whole realm. And it got really, really far, really deep, really fast. And it, mm-hmm. But then it just completes the cycle. And I am kind of amazed at how mm-hmm. I think – there's a more natural part built into us on how to do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. kids can show us that versus adults who have learned to repress it all and push it down and not experience it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when we as parents are able to allow what you're talking about, that large emotional expression mm-hmm. and allow that all to kind of happen in a safe space, where you aren't being punished for it, yeah. you aren't being shamed for it, mm-hmm. um, and we're able to provide kind of a container. Yeah, or even not even for parents, for spouses and friendships and all absolutely, of those things. if you can be a container for the full expression of someone's emotions, that's such a yeah, yeah, it's such a gift, right? Like when when you've been on the receiving end of that, there's just like this gratitude. Mm-hmm. for someone being being that space for you and I think sp- especially when we do it with kids we're modeling that compassion mm-hmm. that lives in all of us that is required for kind of that resolution yeah. that acceptance of the emotion rather than the rejection of it I love that I think it's helpful it's a good reflection there too Kristen I was thinking about as you're talking, like, I feel like we have an entire discussion about <laughs> men and emotions. Um, mm-hmm. and how, because like, at least stereotypically, women, I think, are pegged as more emotional, or like, it's I a think, bad thing. <laughs> well, often, it's a bad thing. But usually men are saying that. Um, <laughs> I don't think women would necessarily describe it that way. But I've been thinking too about what's funny, just not having um, a daughter and sons, I'd be like, well, it feels like there's plenty of emotion among my young men as well. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't say yeah. like, oh, the boys are so robotic and um, emotion-free. Emotionally stable or yeah, emotion-free, yeah. 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 But I, I was also thinking too about like how culture impacts like what's an acceptable emotion um, mm-hmm. and how those rules are different among men and women. Um, but I think I think that the biggest thing that I've been processing as a, a father of, of boys and, and a daughter, and then just trying to be emotionally healthy person is to like acknowledge that I'm emotional to, mm-hmm. And I think as a man, that's like kind of a weird thing to say. And that's like kind of a weird mm-hmm. thing that that is like, cause I'm, I'm supposed to be objective. At least that's mm-hmm. the, what I'm told is like rational, level-headed, steady Eddie. These are all like terms that men should aspire to be. 
Um, but what's funny is like, and all I, I did a talk a couple months back and in some of my stuff, I really liked topically the topic of bias. Like all humans are prone to bias, right? We are literally creating narratives at all times. When you were talking earlier about how our emotions can trick us, like a lot of what I think part of what contributes to that is we always are filling in the gaps. So we notice A, we notice B, we notice C, and then we fill in the gaps with all these, this whole story that means that person's an idiot or they are ruining my life or whatever. We fill in a narrative. And so sometimes our emotions aren't actually a reflection of what actually happened. So anyways, I was just processing, I think, especially in, in, in thinking through bias, if we're not aware of our emotions, I think it's actually way more, like we're way more likely to make poor decisions than if we acknowledge them, right? So if we just assume we're robots, and that I, maybe I'm just sharing this for guys in general, because I think most women feel more comfortable acknowledging that they have emotion. But for men, like to just put, label yourself as I'm rational, I'm objective, and I have my emotions under control. Like my big thought, my big thought would be bullshit. You don't. The data <laughs> says you definitely don't. We're all biased. And if we can't like process our emotions well, we're actually going to make dumb choices. And, and uh, anyway, that's maybe, maybe just ranting on some of my opinions. I'm curious, Britt, like as we kind of wrap, like what, what would be mm -hmm. the thing that you want everybody to like, if you could like summarize, like, okay, emotions and mental health. Like if there's a bullet or three that you're like, okay, I think here's the main thing I would want everybody to kind of be like aware of, inspired to do. I think everybody's probably going to like the basics will be everybody's going to watch Inside Out. And then if you're like an awesome, <laughs> like level two person, you're going to buy Brene Brown's book. But like, what are, what are some of the, maybe the summary points that you might have uh, sent us off on? Yeah. Um, I think that what I would want, what I want for people is to find, find the tools and create the practices that allow for leaning into emotions, um, and especially difficult emotions because they tell us about ourselves um, to your point that you just were talking about Peter of we, if we don't have access to our emotions, we're making worse decisions. We aren't, we're at risk of making decisions in our life that are out of alignment with our values. Because the reason why something makes us emotional is typically because that, well, a, a way that emotion shows up is when it's tied to a value. So something is really important to us at the core of who we are and at the truest version of ourselves. And we, when we ignore our emotion, we miss the opportunity to know that about ourselves and recognize that about ourselves. And I think with that, when we don't know about ourselves and we don't have the language for how we're feeling or our experience, it's hard to connect with another human being. So it's hard to express who we are without kind of this language of emotions. And Brene Brown talks about how you can't selectively numb emotions. Because the reality is that there really are painful emotions and there, there is like times for feeling those emotions and times for not feeling those emotions. You know, you can know that an emotion is there and be like, I'm not ready. I don't have 
the resources right now to be able to look at that emotion. Um, but I know it's there. <laughs> I talk about it as like a pin board with my clients. I'm like, all right, we know that's there. Let's just pin it on the bulletin board so that we can see it. And then when you feel like it's right, when you feel like it's time, then maybe we can take a, a deeper look at that. Um, so it's, it can be overwhelming and painful to look at emotions. Um, but I feel like it is essential to living the full human experience. And maybe part of coming to accept our emotions is coming to accept that we are fully human and that's okay. We don't need to feel bad about that. Um, yeah, that's, those are kind of like my like heartfelt, heartfelt bullet points about emotions. What I would love everyone to know. That's fantastic. Thank you, Brittany. Thanks for your time. I feel like that discussion is super helpful and just also kind of a, a starting point for people to start looking at themselves. So mm -hmm. yeah. this is great. Well, thank you, Britt. Appreciate the time. And yeah, thanks everybody for me. listening. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.